This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Well, it's nice. Yeah. That's uh... Homestale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk. Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass aluminium stainless steel wood and a number of plastics covering most of south england with virtual offices in croydon epsom hawley worcester park in surrey crowthorne in berkshire regent street west london docklands east london and crawley in brighton in sussex so if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses. Live commentary. Uh, ball back with companion centre of the field. Hope he plays a long breaking pass. He doesn't. <laughs> it's found Dobby. Oh, again, he's trying to... Have you got a word for those short passes? Well, I've got a word for that short pass, but um, <laughs> I better not say it. Live interviews. Yeah, I think that's where we'll be for, for the foreseeable future. You know, we've got some interesting things there. And um, I think that redeveloping, redeveloping it bit by bit is probably going to be our best option. Expert analysis. Hello, and thank you for... Oh, God, now that's terrible. One minute. I was trying to sound like you for a minute there, Chris. I'm um, sorry, hang on a second. I should actually be near my microphone. Just trying to bear me a second. <laughs> there we go. I'm back now. Well, most of the time, anyway. Homestale Radio. Hello, good evening, and a warm welcome to Homestale Radio. My name is Chris Hambling, and I'm your host tonight as we review the latest week for Crystal Palace. Helping me do that tonight, we have the return of lovable old codgers, Joe Holyoke. Hello. Hello. Nick Gillard. Hello. Should have said and Nick Gillard, because it's both you two and the old codgers. Playing just in the hole behind these two, we've got young whippersnapper Ben Nagel. Hello. Hello. Uh, ben will be looking after all of your communications today, and we'll also be hearing occasionally from Alex White. I'm certainly going to back any man that is taking over, if I like them or not. <laughs> uh, tonight, our main focus is... 
not have done that. Tonight our main focus is yesterday's 2-0 defeat at Anderson's first at White Hart Lane. The footballing cliche of a game of two halves was never more apt and we'll be talking in detail about the key incidents that influenced the result. We'll also be reviewing your submissions for a Joel Ward song hearing from the new and hearing from new club physician Dr Unk. There'll be a few little other surprises too. We've also had news of our competition for live listeners and we will be awarding a club shop voucher and a random item to one lucky listener. Last but not least, we'll be responding to as much of your contact as we can. Here are the ways you can get in touch. Tweet to at HOL Radio. Message us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio. Email us at radio, dot, uh, radio at homesdale.net. You can even give us a call. It's 0208 1234098. And finally, you can also visit the whole radio chat room holradio.net forward slash chat talk with fellow listeners live around the topics of discussion and loads of other things entirely unrelated to the show uh, if you follow matches live uh, online do remember to head to footballfancast.com on a match day so we can tribute to their live updates and discussion during games uh, last of all a reminder you can listen to Homestale Radio live on your smartphone or tablet device with the free TuneIn Radio app once installed, simply search for Homestyle Radio to locate the station. First up, to let me catch my breath, here's a roundup of the main stories from the week in News in Brief. If you want to play in a presenter versus, versus listener five-a-side game on the afternoon of the 26th of uh, in Beckenham, that's at Beckenham North Goals, please email five, the number five, aside, the word aside, at holradio.net, and you'll be put through to listener team captain Brad, who will talk you through all the details. The International Space Station has reported being hit by an object from Earth. Crew were first alerted to a potential problem shortly after 3.15pm and contact was finally made at 6pm Greenwich Mean Time, when no significant damage was caused. It's thought that the object could have been a result of a shocking penalty by Jason Punchin in a Premier League match between the Spurs and Palace. Development squad forward Sally Kaikai has been rewarded for his fine form for the under-21 side this season by signing a long-term contract at the club. The 18-year-old has progressed through the club's academy since the age of 14 and has shone this season for Gary Izzard's side. Jason Banton has joined Lee Super's side, Plymouth Argyle, on a permanent deal. The 21-year-old enjoyed a successful loan spell at the Pilgrims during the back end of last season, scoring six goals in 14 appearances. And I think we sold the wrong Jason. The club have added the addition of added the addition of David Kemp, a former <laughs> Palace player and assistant manager under Alan Smith, to Tony Pulisic's back, backroom staff. The pair have been reunited at Sellers Park, having previously worked together at Stoke City, Portsmouth, and Plymouth Argyle. Crystal Palace defender Ryan Innes has joined Luton Town on an initial initial one-month youth loan with a view to an extension. Ryan opened the scoring with his first touch for the Hatters this weekend in their 2-2 draw with Cambridge United. And Jimmy Kebe has joined Leeds United on loan for the rest of the season with a view to a permanent move in the summer. The 29-year-old winger joined Palace from Reading for an undisclosed fee during the August transfer window and has made a massive six appearances for the club. Massive. News in Brave. Barry Bannon. Barry Bannon. Barry Bannon. Barry Bannon. <laughs> 
surprise to me i hadn't heard that before that's a uh, listener quentin soldan who uh, sent us that little barry bannon clip uh, plus plenty of other things we encourage that massively anyone who wants to send us anything audio related that makes us that's laugh amazing yeah can, can i just say that when it first started i thought it said barry manlow <laughs> i did as well <laughs> yeah i i mean I, yeah it didn't <laughs> but yeah <laughs> Oh dear, but um, yeah, something of a surprise that one. Anyway, uh, we've got a couple of competitions to mention. I talked about in the introduction first of all, but uh, and then we'll get straight onto the review of that uh, Tottenham game. Um, the f- first competition we mentioned was obviously the one we we launched last week for live listeners. Um, uh, plenty of people enter that. Obviously, the competition is closed now, and we do have a winner for you. Um, the the prize will be uh, a club shop voucher and an item at random from the club shop that we. You know, we haven't really decided on yet, but it might be fun, it might be ridiculous, but it'll be something. Uh, the winner, and congratu- congratulations to him, is Jack Maddox. Now, Jack, all he has to do is contact us by email before 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, if he doesn't do that, uh, it'll go any of our competition entrants who, who uh, during the week or during last week's show. We will call one of them. And what you have to do, if we do call you... Uh, is you have to answer the phone with the phrase that pays. And the phrase is, the ball is still in orbit. Uh, and I'll be coming back to that a little bit later on to remind you. Catchy. It is it's catchy. I wonder what it refers to. Uh, the second part uh, competition we did was kind of an off-the-cuff thing, and it was uh, Joel Ward. We're not really completely sure what we're going to do prize-wise, but there will be something. Alex has said he might well be able to get a, a Joel Ward-related prize for us. Um, I suppose, well, what we asked for was we asked for some some songs to be sent in because he doesn't have one and he was expressing his own dis- not displeasure but he was slightly fed up that um barry bannon had a song and people like that but no song for joel ward well we've got a few coming uh, i think we'll probably start with the audio clip from colin we may joel ward joel ward he plays upon the right joel ward joel ward he plays upon the left he plays down the middle he plays up the front Joe Ward, Joe Ward, Joe Ward. Uh, wow. I just, I think that was a cracking effort. We did, we did have, did have one other audio clip, but unfortunately that came in in the wrong format. So that kind of leaves it up to me to communicate. Shall I, shall I do mine, Chris? Yeah, go on. <laughs> okay. Joe Ward, Joe Ward. Joe Ward, Joe Ward, he'll skin him on the wings, he'll beat his man. That's as far as I've got. I enjoyed it. Um, the performance was good as well. Um, he put a lot, a lot of effort into went into it. Yeah, it did, yeah. 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 appreciate that at home. Oh, I've been practising that all week. Yeah. This show's getting a bit wacky, isn't it? I'm not sure about this. Not sure about this direction we're taking. But anyway, um, we've got the traditional from Doug Tibbetts. We've got... Um, He's here, he's there, he's every fudging where Joe Ward, Joe Ward. I mean, I don't have to sing that one. You know what that's going to go to. Um, hmm. Oh, that's a difficult one to sing. You, hmm. Ward, huh, it's Joe, yeah. 
What is he good for? Wingers in his pocket. Sing it with me now. There you go. What's in his pocket? Wingers. Nothing else. Not anything else. I thought I did well there. Uh, yeah. The tune of Stand Up, if you love Palace, Joe Ward. He plays in defence, Joe Ward. He plays in midfield, Joe Ward. He plays for Palace, Joe Ward. He plays for Palace. I can't believe I'm having to sing. I'm <laughs> going to stop. Carry on. Yeah. Anyone <coughs> else want to go? Camp is the original tune. Well, talking of camp, the final one. <laughs> yeah, I won't be singing it because I can't. I can't win, no, can I? I can't. Albert won't let me win. No, that's fair. You can't win, mate. Oh, dear. Robert, Robert CPFC is quite rightly saying I can't picture any of us singing these at Selhurst. Anyway, the final one to the tune of Noel, Noel. I'm not going to sing it. I can't sing it. I don't know the tune. Joel, 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 Joel. He can play it right. Ugh, can't do it. He can play it right back in midfield as well. Joel, 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 Joel. We've got your back, son. So fudge off, Ravel. By Brad. Um, look, good efforts. I'm not sure if we can actually award any prize to anyone so far. But I've, keep... I've got one from the chat room uh, mm. from Andy A. If you want, yeah. Joe Ward, Joe Ward, what you gonna do? What you gonna do <laughs> when he goes past you, Joe Ward, Joe Ward? What you gonna do? What you gonna do when he goes past you? Thank you, Andy A. For that one. That's a fantastic one, and once again, the performance was sensational. Um, what we might do is we might have a little go at re-recording all of these with some enthusiasm rather than getting me to do it live. That was no, you, no, you did well. What I mean is get you to record them all. Um, <clears throat> so we'll come back to you on that one. I'm not going to do a winner tonight. If you've got any other ideas, it's just a little bit of fun. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, trying to start something massive that's going to kick off in Selhurst. It's just, you know, just a bit of fun, as the phrase goes. Anyway, so well done to everyone so far, but keep those coming in and we'll decide on a little prize for someone when we've decided on a winner. I think one, we've got to get it fair, so I think Nick has to record them all for next week. And, um, yeah, okay. You all right with that, Nick? Yeah, I, I just like the way we're trying to deflect the defeat yesterday by <laughs> completely staying away <laughs> from the Tottenham game and <laughs> not talking about football. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, we, we've got a lot to talk about, so we might as well go straight there, I think, Nick. Good link. Um, yes. Mm. Uh, Jack Maddox has tweeted and wants to know what the email is. The email, Jack, is radio at homesdale.net. Radio at homesdale.net. So well done to you, and your prize will be with you at some point soon. Oh, okay. So we uh, visited White Hart Lane yesterday. Well, we didn't. The football club did. And, um, and um, unfortunately, it was a 2 0 defeat. And I think. We go back to what we were predicting before, and we thought it'd be a tough game, but um, really it was, as I said in the introduction, it was the absolute cliched game of two halves. It was a fantastic first 45 minutes where we looked by far the better side. Tottenham didn't know what had hit them. Um, we didn't take our chances, as has been a theme of recent weeks, I suppose. And um, and they, they obviously got a half-time rocket from Sherwood, and... and overpowered us in the end and by the end people were, were very down on a defeat and obviously there were key moments that the, the punch and penalty miss is, is something that obviously would don't uh, to give a lot of time to um, we had obviously various other little incidents relating to refereeing and relating to wasteful char- uh, wasteful converting of chances that sort of stuff so uh, I mean obviously get in touch with us today uh, radio at homestead on it by email you can tweet at tweet at HOL radio or message us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HOL radio. Um, so we're going to start the uh, 
well, start our analysis by listening to what Tony Pulis had to say. Obviously, we're desperately disappointed. I think the first half performance is most probably as well as we've played as a team. Even, you know, put into context how well we did at Man City and how well we did at Chelsea. Um, but we've got to score, you know, when you create the chances that we created first half. And the amount of times we broke away, you know, the final pass or, um, you know, the chances in front of goal. And, and, you know, and you need a bit of luck as well. I think the one that's hit Yala looks as though it's going in. You need a little, little bit of luck. And against the top teams, you know, if you have a look at Tottenham squad and what they've got and what they haven't got, they'll always get chances and they always get opportunities. So when you're in front of the game and, and you're dominating it, you've got to take those chances and opportunities. Well, you know, I spoke to him at half-time, you know, everybody takes penalties and, and, you know, there's not many people who take them on a regular basis, don't miss. You know, it's reaction afterwards that uh, is important and I thought his reaction was good, he kept going. Um, but, uh, you know, you know that, along with six or seven other chances that, that, you know, you're hoping that you would take, on another day you would take. And, um, you know, we should have really, you know, the game could have been over at half-time. Hmm, that sort of seemed to fade out there. I wasn't really, uh, wasn't really expecting that. Nice work on the production, Mikey. Um, <coughs> did that sound sarcastic? I meant that. I meant. I'm genuine. Meant. I love a fade out. Um, anyway, so Pulis really picking the theme um, of today, which is which is missed chances uh, and being punished at this level for doing so. But um, we got to start as we always do by having a look at the lineup that uh, that, that Mr. Pulis uh, picked for the game and. The dominating discussion point from the last few weeks has been the selection of Joel Ward and where he's been playing. Um, basically, not been playing in his favourite position of right back. And um, I don't want to donate too much time to this, lads, because we've we've talked about it enough, I think. But but in this game, I think it was uh, particularly relevant because uh, in that first half period where we were dominant, there was not an awful lot of you know good delivery into the box. And Adrian Mariapa playing right back and getting forward. I suppose is probably one that I would pick out as, you know, struggling to get decent delivery in, and um, it's something that Joe Ward doesn't really struggle with. And when you've got players, I mean, Gadiora come off the bench. Obviously, he's only just back from injury. You can kind of forgive him not playing, but Stuart keeps back from injury now. And we talked before. We've got Johnny Williams on the bench and Barry Bannon on the Barry Bannon on the bench as well. So those are quality players who can play in that position, and, and we wouldn't have to play Joe Ward in the centre. And I'm getting genuinely concerned that Tony Pulis is going to see Joel Ward as, as a central midfielder, and when for me he's one of the best right backs in the division, and and you know, and only a decent midfielder. And that's not a criticism of him. It's just you know, we're, we're not playing the best players in their best positions, and it's starting. You know, obviously we made good on that first 45 minutes. We probably wouldn't be talking about it again. But um, I just get your your opinion on that, Ben, if I may. Wow, you, you really did jump into me there, Harms. I know. You, you, you sending tweets. God, yeah, I, know. Right. I thought I'd start with you, because you're going to be busy on the communication hub, so I'll get you in straight away. Well, I was busy on the co- communications hub, and I wasn't really listening to what you said. I, I don't want to have an on-air argument <coughs> with you about it. Talking about, because you haven't had, I want to get your opinion on the, the selection of Joe Ward, of course. Well, yeah, as you said before, we do talk about it quite a lot, and uh, I'm I'm firmly of the view that, you know, he's, he's a brilliant right-back, and we should be playing him at right-back, but... You know, at the moment he's doing all right there, isn't he? But I'm I'm not a Mariapa fan, if I'm honest. So, mm. um, yeah, it's a difficult one because Pulis is obviously coming. He's trying to put his own little slant on things, and and he like seems to like Ward in midfield, obviously, because he he's doing it 
kind of week in week out at the moment. So mm. Ward's a brilliant player, and and if he plays at right back, he'll be good. If he yeah. plays in midfield, he'll be good. So yeah, but it just seemed a real shame to me, and and I'll get um, get Nick and Gel's view on that because that that's that's my focus for this discussion. It's not that that in any I can understand why he's doing it. I know why Pulis likes him, but but I genuinely fear him being pigeonholed by Pulis as a central midfielder. Um, Alex, Alex, what do you think about that? I'm certainly going to back any man that is taking over if I like them or not. <laughs> Seems oh, interesting. Seems, seems irrelevant, really, Alex. It's not the question <laughs> I asked. Uh, so, Nick, get your views on this, mate. Joel Ward. Um, it, it does seem a bit silly not to play him in his best position, but then who who do you get in that central midfield role instead? And he, he's kind of playing that defensive role that, that we're missing out on KG from to break up the play from from the attack, and I think that's what he's there for primarily. And he, he does get forward quite well. You know, he's. he's do you think it's the undoing of himself um, in yeah. being so versatile? Yeah, I talked about that last week. It is his versatility that it could be his undoing, but I think it's our undoing because, uh, as many listeners have got in touch and said very similar things, and we've said ourselves, we're effectively weakening ourselves at right back. And I don't think it's a quite a hard thing to put into the words, but basically, obviously, Joe Ward is a better right back than Mariapa, and we have central midfielder. Central, central midfield players who are stronger in central midfield than Mariapa is at right back, if you know what I mean. So I think we're, we're taking key areas. We're taking a player who's you know tipped for international recognition, Joel Ward, in, in recent weeks at right back, and we're just not playing him there. So, um, yeah, go on, Nick. Sorry, are we not trying to be like Barcelona and have all the players interchangeable? <laughs> I think, um, no. <laughs> um, Joel, come on, let's, let's have your view on this before we talk to um, Ben. Well, it's, it, there's loads of stuff that goes on at Palace that, that we can see from the sidelines, and and we'd all, we've all got a different view and saying, we, I'd do this and I'd do that, and why is he playing here and why is he playing there? And at the moment, if if needs must, then you've got to go with Pulis. I, I, I was I'm sort of so undecided about whether to go on the defensive like I just had for him, or go on the attack and go against him. And he's mm. been here for five minutes, so I'm going to have to give him the benefit of doubt after what he's done at Stoke. Um, but now Stuart O'Keefe is fit. I mm. fully expect um, I, I expect O'Keefe to be coming in um, into central central midfield and and Ward to go back to right back because <clears throat> if we're not going to use um, young combative midfielders that we've got when they're fit, then you know then I. I people like me just almost start to give up because um, now is the time when players are going to need to be playing week in week out in the second half of the season when it you know when we need people being yeah I don't know just just yeah and they need saying. to be they need to be consistent and to be consistent they need to be playing in their positions I mean I'm, I'm is Jack, do you reckon there's any chance of Jack Hunt coming back and playing in goal this year just to give Jules <laughs> a bit of a rest I'm yeah, just, you yeah, know, yeah. playing anyone anywhere you know, I just, I, I'm like I say, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I like him now, and whether he's trying to give him another few more games to see whether he really can fit in. But we've got, we've got players, we've got players coming out of our ears to play in central midfield that really, in all honesty, are better in that position. Uh, uh, I.e., Williams, Bannon, KG, O'Keefe. This, this four uh, mm. with the, the Spaniard. But no one knows what's going on with him anymore. Yeah, I'm just yeah. going to refer to him as that. Um, <laughs> you know, we've, got we've, we've got loads of players that are. That are you know, we, <clears throat> it's strange. 
Yeah, right? I, I agree. It's a new phenomenon that they do. It's, it's weird. The, the last thing that happened when when Joel was moved back to to the you know to the defence, he was moved to left back. That was the other thing as well. We had, you know, a midfield player came in, and KG, when KG came back, and instead of putting him right back, they put Joel Ward at left back because he'd done well there. Well, of course he's done well there. He's, he can play anywhere. That's the thing about him. But he was better than. Right um, we remember the experiment with KG at left back. Yeah, didn't he play right back actually? Right back. Right back. Yeah. Right back, yeah. yeah. I'd say what will be interesting is when Jack Hunt is is fit, is fit because he is just predominantly a right back, yeah. and I don't think he'd want to come in, whether we're Premiership or Championship next year, and just play second fiddle to to get in the odd cup game. I don't think he was. You no. know, I don't think he's that kind. He's too good a player to be honest with you. He's very good. You can understand that though. In, in that situation, if if Pulis then says, "Well, okay, Joel, Joel Ward is an excellent central midfield player. He does the job I asked of him. He's strong. He's tall. He can, he can pass with either foot. You know, he's, he's able to run with the ball. He's got all the attributes I want in a central midfielder. That's fine if you've got a specialist right back. But when you've he got a central, he can't hit the ball very well. Yeah, <laughs> can't he? Oh, oh yeah. Yards, <laughs> I just remembered what you're talking about now. Yeah, back post. Yeah, um, no, look, against Man City that was, but I, I don't have too much of a problem if a specialist right back comes in. If Jack Hunt's up to the standard, we've obviously signed him for a reason. Unfortunately, broke his leg. We've never seen him play in a Palace shirt, so it's hard to say. But no, maybe, maybe he's, um, maybe he's good enough. I, I don't. I'd say I don't have less of a problem with that than having Mariap, who is a centre-back, filling in a right-back. Um, I can remember us doing that with, with Ramage before. We all love Peter Ramage, but but he, when he played right-back regularly, you know, we, we had games where that was a real problem um, because it wasn't his natural position. And, and I'm, I really do feel that about Mariapa. I really feel he's, he's suited to playing in a, you know, in a centre-back much more than he is playing as a, as a right-back. And I think we're weakening ourselves for no good reason at the moment. Um, but... Like I say, we we did play that. We did start that way, and we played forty five minutes of really good, positive football with that setup. So we're probably overplaying it because of the end result to a, to a degree. Um, quick mention, obviously, uh, Nick said Gadiora uh, was back, and he when he came on the pitch, he was only on for about it, five ten minutes at most. But I thought he was excellent, um, and uh, that was a real positive to come out of the um, uh, out of the game. And it was a good team section. Uh, ben, I did skip you. You did have some points to come back in on. Yeah, I was just. I obviously don't want to dwell too much on that Joel Wall point, but I was just going to kind of come in from from the other side of the argument, really, and and say, um, obviously, it's the January transfer window. If Joel Ward is playing in central midfield, do you think it it would be an idea to go out and buy a right back? Um, if maybe Jack Cantor is not well, not quite fully fit yet, is he good enough? Do you think it's worth playing <coughs> Joel Ward in the centre and, and buying a, a decent right back that can play there week in week out? Um, I, it's a good. If we were going. Sorry, what was that, Joe? We would have three then, wouldn't we? We've got three left backs. Matty, what's Matty Parsons? Um, he's well. I think he'll probably be leaving the club. The indications are that he'll be head, heading off to Plymouth with Banton, but don't know if that's permanent or not. But he wasn't. He wasn't named in the twenty-five. He can play this month, um, but he's, he doesn't seem to be featuring at all, which is a shame because he's, you know, there's there's nothing he's ever done in my view to suggest that he's not up to the standard, but. Yeah. It's a shame, really, isn't it, Chris? That we for for those lads that are, were on the periphery last season that we did get promoted because had we still been in the championship, they probably would have got games. No, it's absolutely true. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that were a bit of a shame. Um, that's why we've got to change the way we work as a club, and that's starting to happen. We start. We've got a lot of young lads out on loan. Okay, mostly to, to well, 
in fact entirely to non-league clubs at the moment um, it's hard, hard to remember that Luton are non-league but they are um, but we're getting getting our young players out and playing games and that's what we've got to do was before the best of our young players were, were getting games in our squad and Pulis talked about getting Boateng out on loan and playing some football and I think the same will be for Kai Kai now he signed that new deal that, that's, that's the way forward for us um, because it's about getting them getting them ready to play at the top level while we're there um, okay we're sort of drifting off that point obviously hopefully I'll come to you in a minute Ben for uh, some listener feedback on what we've yep. done so far but um, I want to move us on from, from that, that team selection which I said, like I said we will come back to the points you've made but um, I want to sort of move us to, to talking about the game itself and um, we can't start talking about it without talking about the penalty situation uh, Jill, I know you're going to have some strong views and there's been a lot of strong views all over the internet for quite some time. It's the first thing is it's never nice, is it, to be to, to see something associated with Palace as the butt of a lot of jokes, and it has been. Um, and it you know, it's frustrating to see some of it turning nasty on Twitter. We've talked about Twitter before, and the sort of people that would tweet and abuse Jason Punch and claim to be Palace fans aren't really worth my time, in my view. Uh, so I'm not going to give air time to him. But um, he, he got criticised. Uh, rightly so and um, I don't know I don't think you should be lynching the player but the penalty itself we've got some forward views on that Um, uh, let me get a quick view uh, from Alex if he's there I'm certainly going to back any man that is taking over if I like them or not that didn't really go to plan did it Um, it it did I mean but it just seems to be saying the same thing over and over (coughs) strange lad but uh, yeah. Um, uh, oh, apparently we've got to have a, a Tottenham fan on. I believe. No. <laughs> um, bear with us. <coughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <coughs> Good evening, gentlemen. Oh, hello. hello, Ian. Hello. How are you doing? I'm very good. How are you, mate? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good indeed. He's uh, he's Nick the Gusset. There is he? That's yeah, I'm all. here, mate. I'm here. Yeah. How are you doing? How are you? Um, but um, um, we. we we just wanted to get, um, you seem to be saying very good things about Crystal Palace um, after the game yesterday. We just wanted to get your thoughts on the team and um, how you think we're going to do for the rest of the season, judging oh, by that performance you've seen. I'll I, I tell you what, the first half yesterday, we were looking around, all the Spurs fans, we were looking around. I was sitting up in the Park Lane end and uh, none of us could believe um, that you guys are going to be down in the bottom three. And I, 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 I was very yeah, you guys must be very disappointed to find yourself sitting at the bottom of the table this evening because yesterday you looked like a team that could very much hold your own in the Premiership, especially that first half. Um, and I've seen some dreadful performances from Tottenham and we've thrown some awful games, we really have. But you were really putting us to the sword first half yesterday. And uh, yeah, I was very impressed with you and uh, you're definitely not bottom of the table side. Was, no it, was, was, we, was we good because you were bad or were, were you... Bad, oh, don't, don't throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't throw that in because um, I, we, we're very much a, a, a team of, uh, you know, you toss a coin up in the air and it depends what performance you get on the day at the moment. Um, but um, I don't think we made you look good. I think 
um, I was having a I was having a drink before the game with a with a few a couple of Palace fans. They I met them up there uh, before the match, and uh, we were looking on Twitter and uh, we saw the teams announce them, and, and we all sort of stood back and we said, "This is an attacking lineup. You're coming for us today." Um, and Tim Sherwood himself, he seemed quite surprised by that. He, he I think he came out after the game and said, "Like um, you caught him on the hop a little bit," because I think he was expecting you to come and park the bus. But uh, no, you, you went for us and you had chances. I think, what, nine, ten chances in that first half. You just weren't able to put the ball in the back of the net. And especially punching. Oh, my word. What can you say? But if he'd have scored that, I reckon you're winning that game. Or you're at least that's coming out of there with a point. That's what I said. I, I said that today. I talked to a mate of mine who's a gooner. And I, I said, had that, had that gone in, I think that we would have got a worst case scenario. I thought we would have got a draw. Because his team sort would have gone in from just being, come on, fellas, sort it out. You know what I mean? You're not 100 million, you're 100 quid. To, yeah. to he'd have gone in there and he'd have slaughtered them, right? And then I think I think they, they get then they get the jitters, and that's when I no. think I think it would have played into our hands. You, you're absolutely right. Well, the thing was, we'd have had to come at you. And uh, that would have probably left us a little bit more vulnerable behind. And our defence at the moment, I mean, especially without Vertonghen in there, uh, with Danny Rose and uh, Dawson, I mean, they're, they're not comfortable on the ball when they're under pressure, Danny Rose and Dawson. And uh, without, you know, likes of Kabul and Vertonghen in there, we're, we're shaky at the back. And um, I think I think you're right. It, it, one goal, they'd have been under pressure and it would have showed. Um, and I think you probably could have stolen a second. But, uh, yeah, that's probably the best thing that could have happened for us yesterday was um, was punching, putting that ball away. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and, um, looking at Palace, where, you know, imagine uh, you're in Palace manager's shoes and you, you, had, you could buy a player in one position. Where would you buy him? Just <sighs> on that one performance. On that one performance, you were creating chances. Some of your, some of your crossings was a little bit wayward. Uh, you know, the final ball once you've actually got up front. But other than that, I mean, you looked comfortable everywhere apart from sticking that ball in the back of the net. I mean, you know, you can't... You know what we're missing? We're missing, we're missing a Jermaine Defoe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you he was are. playing for us, playing for one yesterday, 100% we would have won yesterday because he's a natural yeah. ball finisher. As soon as he came off the bench, I thought, I mean, I, I, I thought he was gone, you know. I mean, he, he, I, I can't believe he's, you know, we're whooping and hollering all the way down to Heathrow getting on that plane to Canada for 90 grand a week. I mean, his yeah. agent must be mustard. Um, but, you know, it's, we, we, we need, I've been saying it for, I've been banging on for ages, we need to go and get a 50 grand a week striker. You know. Well, I was I was I was going to bring this up because I saw Nick had uh, you, I think you tweeted earlier on today saying that uh, Pulis has done very well with players he's inherited, but. Um, you know, uh, he needs to bring somebody else in himself now. I was going to ask you, uh, who do you want? Where do you want it? Because, um, I mean, are you after like a, um, uh, you know, a, a very quick short striker or do you need some extra punch like a Tom Huddleston in midfield? Which ones were you thinking? Because I was thinking you just need someone to put the ball away. We're, we're, we're in a difficult position because we, we've got Glenn Murray, very short. Well, we don't know when he's going to come back from injury. We'll have to ask uh, our resident doctor, Dr. Rung, later on the show about that. Um, do we get somebody short term because we've got Murray coming back? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we can't um, have someone short term, Nick. We, we, need someone, we need someone with a proven pedigree who's going to cost us a fortune. Jemba Bar on loan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, but we don't want loanees. We've got a loanee and look what he does. You know what I mean? He, got, he can't even he can't even hit Rose Ed. 
have you got have you got money to spare? Have you got have you got a transfer budget? Listen, I th- I, the, the way that I see it, right, is that if we stay up, we get hundred million quid next year. If we go down, we get fifteen million. Yeah. That's it. The mm. stats are: we get fifteen, ten, and five. Thirty million. We give our shares back and get thirty million for going down. If we stay in the Premiership, we get hundred million quid. It don't. It don't matter about. It, we, you know, we need to take that chance. We need to put someone on a on an eighteen month contract at fifty, sixty grand a week. And the worst case scenario, if it all goes tits up, and we we sell him the year after. It's a good point, Joe. Oh, hi, Ian. I'm Chris. I used to host the show before what just happened. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, look, the point, the point you make is it's great to hear an, an opposition fan come on and actually point out um, pretty much the same thing we're all thinking is that we perhaps we do need a uh, need to take a bit of a risk on getting a you know someone experienced, someone who's going to actually put that ball in the net. Um, it's also nice to hear that, that we don't have too many problems elsewhere. I think that's pretty evident. But um, I spoke to, to Ian Wright yesterday. I was on Absolute Radio, and he was saying... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is the gayest noise ever, Ben. And Mikey, you are absolutely clipping that for every time we speak to Ben. Um, sorry about that, Ian. Um, but, um, it's funny, um, Ian Wright agreed with uh, Joe. He was, the first thing he said was, um, he said, if Defoe's not going back to Spurs on loan, go and get him, because... For six months, he's exactly what you need. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, the second half showed your class. What, I just want to ask you a little bit about Christian Eriksen, because um, oh, yeah. I saw him I saw him years ago, I think, playing for the De- Denmark under-21s or maybe even younger, and he just stood out above every other player on the pitch. And, he's um, just been voted their player of the year, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, what, what do you make of him? He, he seems to have had a fairly quiet start to his Tottenham career, but starting to come good now. Yeah, it was, uh, well, I think it's quite tricky to say uh, who you think of anybody genuinely under AVB's reign, to be honest, because uh, a lot of players seem to have uh, disappeared into their shell. Um, and, and definitely, for, you know, likes of Soldado, we've not even seen anything of really yet. Um, but um, Ericsson is getting better and better. Um, every game he plays, he's looking more and more class. And uh, I, I think um, I'm, I'm quite impressed with the signing, and I'm quite excited, you know, uh, looking to the future as to as to what he might be able to do with us. Because mm. um, I think they bought, I think they, uh, I, I don't know what's going on at the hierarchy at Spurs, but I think they've um, they've they've bought rashly um, and spent big money. And I'll read today that Tim Sherwood's um, not happy with a couple of the players, and uh, he, he's looking to offload them already. You know. Oh, really. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's got the next eighteen months, hasn't he? So, and good yeah, luck well, to him. No, I think he's done all right. Well, nobody, um, nobody believes that. He's not there for eighteen months. Probably to the World Cup. Last, last little question for you, Ian. Um, yep. You've, you've obviously seen us play first game of the season under Ian Holloway, and you've seen Palace play at White Hart Lane. And you know, obviously, we were quite close in both games. But is there a noticeable difference between the two Palace teams? One under Holloway, one under Pulis. Uh, oh well, again, that's difficult to call for me because I'm not. I, I don't want to sound like a, a arrogant Spurs fan, but you know what? I've not paid an awful lot of attention to Crystal Palace this season. Yeah. I, I, I don't mean I don't mean to sound rude with that, but um, yeah. you know, I saw the opening game of the season, and that, that's that's one thing, isn't it? You know, you, you're coming out of the blocks, and you're you're determined to show yourselves on their first game of the season. And uh, but then obviously the confidence has ebbed away from from you guys as as uh, Holloway's began to struggle. Um, but Pulis seems to have come in and 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 put a little bit more confidence back. He 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 seems to have steadied the players a little bit. And and it, it, you're you're solid. 
you look solid. Uh, I don't know we scored two goals yesterday, but I think, you know, that, that first one, um, that first goal, I think that was a bit of a, just an error. I think that was a bit, that was a long ball, long cross, and I, your, your defender should have read that. Um, but uh, obviously he's buried it well. But I think, I think they look exciting. And I, I, if I was you, I'd be, I'd be very pleased to have Pulis as my manager, especially yeah. the position you're in. If, yeah. you look at, if you look at Cardiff and, you know, they put an inexperienced manager in, and you look at some of the play, the games coming up for some of those teams around you. I think you stand a good chance. Mm. I think, yeah, it's odd. It's odd feeling positive after going bottom of the table, but hmm. um, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, totally agree with what you're saying. Very good stuff. Five, oh, five points in your twelve. Yeah, exactly. Happy days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good luck to you guys. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Best luck for the season. Cheers. Thank good you, evening. Dan. Bye now. Bye. Um, Nick, you wanted to mention something at the end of that phone call? Yeah, yeah. Um, Ian was just mentioning about the position that he'd feel, and I, I don't know if we're going to talk about this later, but it's, there's loads and loads of stuff in the chat room about it. The the debate going on in the chat room at the moment, which is wholeradio.net slash chat, all one word. It's a <laughs> lovely phrase that we like. Um, <laughs> the striker, do we get somebody with experience, or do we get somebody who's quite good but inexperienced? It's the whole uh, Rhodes, Rhodes thing. It is, yeah. What, what, what six and a half million for Rhodes, and he's going to no, want more than that, Joe. Well, he's going to want sixty or seventy grand a week. Listen, my personal opinion is Murray is as good as Rhodes, but the thing is, at, at, at Premiership standard, you need. Listen, I, I honestly think Glenn Murray would score twenty goals a year in the Premier Premier League, right? But twenty goals, it's not, it ain't going to, it ain't going to keep us up. And and the other thing as well about Glenn is he's a, he's very much what he is. He he's a natural finisher, right? He, he hasn't got any pace, and I, don't, I'm, and I mean that in a, in a. I love Murray, I really do. And the quicker he comes back, the better for our cause. But we, uh, oh, you know, you've got to have pace. You saw what the Scousers did to Stoke this afternoon with with pace. Everything is about mm. pace. You know? Yeah, this and, uh, like, Joe, I, I really do agree. I know what you're saying about Murray, but I, I'm actually, you know, I definitely agree that, that the sort of player we need, as I said, it, Jermaine Defoe is a perfect example of the sort of player we need. Someone who's just an out-and-out striker and knows the level of football. Um, I mean, Alex, what sort of a fall would you, would you back? I'm certainly going to back any man that is taking over, if I like them or not. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Well, at least it was a direct answer this time. Um, <coughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Anyone got? Obviously, Jordan Rhodes is one that's been linked plenty of times as a, as a you know as a forward. And Joe, you're quite rightly pointing out there's a money situation there that um, it's not the players' fault that Blackburn, when they bought him, paid eight million quid and gave him a forty grand a week contract. And you know now he's stuck. He's in that in the championship, and it's very hard to see him moving unless someone's just going to throw an awful lot of money. And I'm sure we're interested, but I think we're looking in other directions as well. I know we've we've watched Connor Wickham, uh, but he's not. He doesn't come into that category of, of players in the, you know in the Premiership, but um, that are going to convert chances. But what I thought was really interesting is that Pudis, in the last couple of interviews, I think certainly post game uh, uh, for the Tottenham game, he said um, he was talking about players who have got a point to prove in the Premiership, and that's kind of been that's a slight change in direction for the, for what he was talking about before. I think they've become, I think that refers to a specific target or you know, a couple of targets. I think we're probably looking, rather than changing loads of stuff, I think Pulis has had a chance to look at the squad. He's probably a bit happier with some areas than he thought he was going to be. And I think you're probably going to look at uh, bigger bigger money on a couple of players, two quality players, maybe three. Um, and they're going to... Go on. 
sorry, I, I thought I, I watched um, uh, oh, the football program on Sky Saturday morning. <laughs> Saturday morning. Soccer AM. Soccer AM. So my Swap shot. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and when Phillips is on there, and he pulled out a point, which I, which I, which was a little bit sort of insider information without actually saying it, and he turned around and said that what Palace need to do, in fact, what he said, what we need to do, was um, strengthen the spine of the team, i.e. centre-back, centre-midfield, and striker. Yeah. Well, that's what he said. So he, he, he's not, he can't come out, surely. I, I didn't mm-hmm. think it, someone with his experience would come out and say something like that unless he's sort of, and then he might have sat there and thought, oh, what did I say that for? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. I, I think, yeah, again, you don't read too much if into it. it but. But, yeah, but if he can see it, he can see it. He's he's past the point of of, of trying to say, well, yeah, you need another forward and I'm your man. He yeah. he knows he isn't. But, so what he's, what he's saying is we need the spine of the team. Yeah, I was going to say. Straight away down the middle, a big centre-back, a, a big midfielder, and a, and a, you know, and a good striker. Yeah, I think well, we need a brilliant striker. That's what I think we need, and I think we have to bite the bullet. I, honestly, you know, I think we need to. Do I it. think you're right, but one of the other one of the other areas. Um, well, Nick, you've got a, a point from the chat room that covers this. What if you can make let uh, yeah, make that? The, and... There's a couple in the chat room. DJ Shores uh, says attracting players to sell us is going to be nearly impossible, especially as we're bottom. Mm. Um, it's not waggle fifty, sixty grand a week in front of their face, and they're on thirty thousand euros a week. Jesus, you know, they play for yeah. the money these days, not for the club, do they? But that's exactly it, Joe. What we're talking about here is we're talking about a player who is joining. He's not an investment. You're not going to go out and spend, you know, five or six million giving him a four-year contract and that sort of stuff, keeping him at the club and having him as an asset. You're talking about the last half of the, the second half of the season, play till the end of the season, and then we'll see what happens, you know? And that's the kind of player we're talking about. Offer him sixty grand a week, and if we stay up, yeah. and he gets gets us all the goals, he gets hundred grand next year. Yeah, well, I don't know about that, but all I know about is is. But it, yeah, but that's the, the difference, Chris. That's the fifteen million quid at the end of the season. Joe, Joe, I'm not going to. Joe, we're not going to. I'm not going to agree with you that we should pay any play play uh, pay any player a hundred grand a week for a season. No chance. We're we're nowhere near the sort of club that can do that. I think that's insane. But what I do think is that in order to stay in this division, it's a calculated gamble to give a player a short term deal till the end of the year, be it a loan or be it a short. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com term contract is it's completely acceptable to look at take a view on that and to look at to take your figure of 60 grand a week to look at that and say well you know that however much that is because my mental arithmetic is 2.7 million quid there you go thanks that for the end of the season on a striker that's that's all right <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that is there so 
uh, that's that's the way I, I think that we should go. But getting those people to join you, getting those people, because they can have other options as well. You got to remember that. It, that's the whole battle. The battle is keeping. It's not only keeping yourself in check and not going mental and spunking hundred grand a week on a player like like you're claiming. But it's the other side no, of no, it. No, 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 no. What of I'm saying, no. What I'm saying is, is if we offer him sixty grand a week, if he scores loads of goals and keeps us up, then next year. Got the no, incentive of because nah, bollocks, mate. Next year, hundred grand a week. We're not going. Well, I don't think we should be paying anyone that sort of money. We're not ever. But while we're in the football, while we're the football club, we are. That that's that 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 would show we've not learned a thing from three administrations. You know, that's <laughs> so that's we, insanity. So, so we so we will never. So we'll end up like a Stoke No, so what? No, what I'm saying. Need- that's not what I said at all, Joe. Because you got you got to think long term, haven't you? I'm saying that until we've developed a stadium and spent our money on the infrastructure off, off you know away from the club away from the playing side of things that's been neglected for god knows how long until we do that we don't have the structure in place to support that kind of a wage you're asking effectively asking us to gamble our future again and i'm never going to agree with you that that should be the no, case. No, no 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 see that's that's the thing i'm not what i'm saying to you is if we stay up if we stay up this season right we're guaranteed a hundred million next year if we go down we're getting fifteen million. No, we're, no, it doesn't quite work out that way either. You're not guaranteed. How does it to not? What's the last? What? What does seventeenth place pay in a prim, in a, in a, in in right. the, the, the sixty league? the sixty million quid right is is the least is the money you get for last position, plus your parachute payments for the next two years, right or three years. So all you're doing is effectively you're you're get, you're getting the TV money for another season, plus the parachute payments. You, you don't get a lump sum of a hundred million. For staying in the Premier League, it doesn't work that way. It's prize money. It's you don't paid, get, in, it's no. paid in luncheon vouchers. Yeah, I tell you what, let's move on from this. We'll we'll get some facts rather than arguing about half truths, um, and then we'll come back to that subject in future weeks. Um, before it's an we interesting um, point though, sorry, Chris, if, if if we could offer a bonus, right? We're going to pay you this much if we stay up. We'll pay you this much next season. Surely that's got got to be yeah, some I kind. Don't, of... I don't disagree with it. I just hated the figures. You know what I mean? I want to. I feel physically sick of the idea. So you're just arguing about the figures, then? It's five million pounds a year. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think we should be. Because the problem isn't that you pay one player hundred grand a week. The problem is that you pay one player hundred grand a week, and all of a sudden the players on ten grand a week go. Hang on a second. Is he ten times a player? I am. Hold on a second. When I'm negotiating my contract to stay at Palace, what the hell am I selecting? What are you, you know? And then players coming in. Oh, why are you trying to give me a you know a pay cut because my age? I'll go somewhere else. You set a completely you know, different precedent when you start paying someone huge sums of money. And, uh, you know, we, we're the, it's just the wrong way to start running a football club, in my view. But for six months on a loan, I've got no problem with it. If you're, pay, if you're paying sort of, you know, 50, 60 grand a week for an established player, you're taking a gamble. I don't have a problem with that. But so we when give you start- someone 1.5 million or, or 2 million quid to, to, for, for, for the guarantee, well, not even guarantee no, success. No, to help just to give us that extra chance. Because when we've all talked about it, the Spurs fan Ian said the same thing. We, we're look at lacking someone who to put chances away. It, it seems like a, an acceptable gamble to me. That's all. All right. Uh, so I, I don't want to carry this on as an argument. So what we need then, we need, then we also need that same, the same price of a player almost in midfield. Do we though? Well, I don't know, do we? I mean, apparently, by the looks of it, uh, you know, we've got a right back who, who who just happens to be, in Pulis's opinion, our best centre midfielder standing next to Jedi. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't know if that's down to injury to KG. I don't know, I don't know what that is. But you know, do but do we need a sixty grand? Is he? 
no, but do we need a 60 grand a week midfielder? Maybe we don't. Maybe we don't. Right. maybe there's someone better available for a lot less money. You talked before about strikers being the best paid they are. Nick, you wanted to make a point. I forgot what I was going to say now. You've been rabbiting on so long. But <laughs> DJ Shaw says, I hate to say this, but I agree with Chris and not Gel for the first time in <laughs> two whole years. Um, and um, Southport Eagle in wholeradio.net slash chat was talking about the bonus thing. Is Pulis on a bonus? He thinks he is. If he is a up. million. Mm, sure he is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've no doubt. Yeah, I don't Andy know. A says uh, for 60k a week, he'll give centre midfield a go. <laughs> That's, yeah, don't know. I say I, I don't necessarily think it's a key position myself, but um, I'm much more concerned with uh, with up top and uh, a centre back to replace Gabadon in my view. But um, but anyway, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think Paddy's better than centre than, than Gabadon. I I. That's a no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I'll just be really surprised. I mean, he was on the bench not the other week, wasn't he, Paddy? But and that was a real shock to me because I thought he's never going to kick a ball again. But um, who was that Dutch manager, Dick Advocat? Well, Gerald's hmm. his brother, Devils. <laughs> he is, yeah. But you know what I mean? I don't think. No, I don't think Paddy's. I, well, I don't know. I'd probably pay Paddy over him if it was Paddy McCarthy who, who, had, if it was a fact, it wasn't for the fact he hasn't kicked a ball in eighteen months. Um, and simply, if that's the case with a player, you just got no idea what they're like. So, um, I don't know, it's a difficult question, Joe. It's a good question, but one I can't really say with any certainty until that day uh, he plays, if he ever does again. Um, okay, before, well, it seems like a long, long time ago now, but um, just, just to, I was surprised by a phone call from a Tottenham fan. Um, we were just talking about Jason Punchon's penalty and uh, discussing the fact that I think it's a little unfair he's been lynched about it. We've got some um, four-word reviews from you guys relating to it, which I'm just going to quickly uh, pick out some some of my favourites now. Um, trying to find some without swearing in. Uh, <laughs> Gary Kelly says, ball in my garden. Um, Paul Dowson says, penalty practice on Monday. Uh, Jack Hickman says, has it landed yet? Uh, Darren Chandler says, warn the space station. Um, Dean Powell punching back to Saints. Jason Rock punching scores different game, which is a bit more philosophical. Punching uh, scores on a different pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's the uh, the general uh, consensus. And um, I think to add a little bit more, more humour to it, it was funny that people noticed on Monday. Um, Jason Punchin sent this tweet to Bradley Johnson. Oh, yes, great, yes. Do you want me to give you some penalty lessons after we scored the penalty against Norwich? I mean, there's a word, the word hubris springs to mind. It's you, what you don't, yeah, honestly. Hopefully, I don't know if he's deleted that tweet yet, but I bloody would. Um, what, well, Gel, what was he doing with that penalty? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, it, like I said, you know, we, we were talking earlier, we Listen, I, I, someone posted a link on the worst penalty of all time, right? And the guy mistimed his run-up and, and almost fell over the ball and it didn't even make the goalkeeper make a save. But that is the widest... I've never seen a penalty go that wide, high and wide of a goal, without either... without something catastrophic happening health-wise. I don't know. I don't know. Yes. I mean, Pulis turned around and said he had two faults in his head that clashed or something and mm-hmm. what was it Ropey and Rose Ed 
Honestly, <laughs> they do say so bad. Yeah, they do say though that the worst thing you can do when taking a penalty is to change your mind during your run up, and I think the suggestion is he did. But like you say, what did he change? Not like yet an iron on his foot. Yeah, it was it was really odd. I, the only thing I can possibly think is that he's seen the keeper start to move to where he's going to put the ball, and he's what just tried saying? to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, that was, was like the, the remember um, Jeff Thomas when he was playing for England and he got clean through and only had the keeper to beat and hit the corner oh. flag. That was like the uh, the penalty equivalent of that. It was just Yeah, and I know you mean that. Yeah, it was, it I'm was... trying not to be unkind because, listen, he is forever now, ever, ever, he is going to... That is his career. That penalty he missed is his career nowadays. It will be forever. It is. It will get ridiculed on... That, that penalty would have been shown all around you, all around the world because it's it Premier was... League. It was within a minute of it happening. It was on Twitter. A minute. That's the difference between... I was thinking about the difference between the Premiership and Championship yesterday morning about the amount of coverage that we get. And it's unbelievable compared to last season. But it was there within a minute. Yeah, on that, I saw it was on Vines. But, I I mean, I just... I mean, I, I, I can't... You you know what I feel. I don't like it, Geezer. As a player, I don't like it. Do you think... Do you think Sorry. the reaction reaction from Palace fans? I'm just talking about the general football. Personal, personal abuse is bullshit. Mo- yeah, you know, yeah. We've seen it before with Moxie. Mo- yeah. Moxie took a terrible amount, a terrible amount of abuse, which went right away through to he, he, I think his wife having to come off of off of Twitter and everything yeah. it was shocking. And that kind of thing is really bad. And I think people should be should be held up to account for that. I really do. Um, yeah, it's- you know, you can cope. Listen, if you pay your money, they, there was three thousand Palace fans here. They got every right to go up to him and go, "You knob," and give yeah. it to him because they paid their thirty, forty, fifty quid, wherever they were sitting in the ground. They paid their big money and have every right. But to coat him personally and and be and four letter abuse him and everything else, you know, I mean, I, 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 I've got to think I was a little bit if, guilty of that. But then sitting yeah. back and thinking, hey, Chris, it was just you know, it's a it's shocker. Like- Question for you: If Johnny Williams takes that penalty and does the same thing, what the reaction's not going to be anything like it, is it? So is he kind of damned by the fact that he's he's you know by you he know, is, in, he in, in, he's the pariah at the moment. He's the he's the you know he's the, the target when something goes wrong. And yeah. I'm not saying that he's you know let's let's face it. We've talked on this show about the problems we've we've all had in in terms of his performances, but his performances of late have been better. You know, in in a couple of games he has been. Absolutely, there, so. I agree. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I uh, agree. All, Oh, that's enough to take a penalty as well, haven't you? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and it's 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 a real shame one. It's a real shame for him because he was getting to a point where he was starting to have a really good uh, effect. And, it, and we'll see, we'll see what kind of what he's made of now because he like he can either sort of shrink away from it and you know let it affect him, or he can come back next week and say, look, you know, I I let you down, guys, with that penalty. You know, let, your, let his teammates down, let the fan, fans down to a point. You know, it was a, obviously he didn't mean to do it, but it. Well, be some interesting views on that on Twitter. Actually, I'm going to come to Ben in a sec for those. But um, you know, at the end of the day, he, he wants to score a goal. He, want, he wants to be the guy who puts us one new up a white up lane. And unfortunately, it would change the whole game. But but this you can is... understand the views on that, though, Chris. That was that wide. That was mm. that wide. You can almost think that the only way you could physically do that as someone that plays that kicks a football for a profession is if you yeah. can understand some people saying that, even though it's as far from the truth as possible, but you can almost turn around and say, 
he did that deliberately. Yeah, well, there's a few tweets on those lines. Ben, have you uh, got a few collection of things for me? I have, yeah. Yeah, I've got quite a lot. Obviously, we've got about 50, 55, 56 minutes worth of tweets, so uh, I'll <laughs> rattle through some of them. Um, I'd asked a question on Twitter about Jason Punchin, uh, about the, the criticism that he's received. Uh, asked if, if it had gone too far, and Karen Baxter tweeted and said, yes, it has. Mistakes sometimes costly happen. Poor Sod didn't deliberately set out to do that. And uh, one along the same lines uh, from... Patrick O'Connor, he said, for me, totally get the frustration with the miss as it was bad, but for me, fans have gone way over the top. Mm. And there's just some tweets on, on random points, really. Tom Fancett has uh, tweeted and said, the first half was so good that it made the, sec- made the second half feel that much worse. Mm. Um, Tyrone Davids has tweeted in, on another day, we go 2-0 up at half-time, take the positives from the first half and get behind the team next Saturday. King B's tweeted in, frustrating losing after our great performance need to change the squad around next week by putting Bannon and Gale plus others into the squad David Bray has, uh, has slaughtered Punchin he said our crossing is pathetic Punchin crossed straight to Lloris three times and Mariapa finds it impossible to beat the first man mm. Lee Taylor um, brings up the point about Pep Guardiola um, one that I think we all would agree with that when he came on on Saturday he played very well and he may very well start against Stoke um, a few more coming in just scrolling up my timeline trying to Trying to get a few there. Oh, that's a, good, good that you told us that information. Yes, yeah, so I'm just I'm just doing that now. Uh, just scrolling up. To, <laughs> uh, have you finished uh, scrolling up yet to the? Uh, uh, no, nearly there now. Uh, let, let us Lee know Pen- when you finish. Taylor, I'm there now. I'm just gonna right. just start talking again now about some tweets. Okay. <laughs> um, Lee Taylor has said uh, we definitely need to take a risk on a striker. There will never be a better opportunity to stay in this league than now. Um, Alex White, without wanting to massively fuel that argument that happened uh, about five minutes ago, he says, how many teams outside the top five or six in the Premier League pay any player £100,000 a week? It's crazy talk to do that if we stay up for, uh, if we stay up for one year. So, uh, well, um, yeah, we'll come back, to, definitely come back to that point at some stage, I think. Um, yeah, look, I, there's, there's a lot in there. I think, was it David Bray's point? Um, was it David Bray? He's talking about what uh, talking about the crossing from Punchin as well. It wasn't just him, but it's, it, I met, he mentioned obviously the ball going straight to Loris a few times, and that I have to say that was probably the most frustrating thing for me watching the game. The number of times uh, we put the ball straight into his hands, and there was an instant quiet near the end. I think Punchin and I can't remember who else was near the free kick, but they took the free kick sort of short and crossed it at a different angle. But it just you know, I think we were trying desperately trying to get back into the game at that point, and just a mm. just a sort of little gold, lofted golf wedge kind of shot straight into his um straight into his hands. You're thinking you can't, you just can't do that in, in this level. You really can't. Um, I mean, we didn't, we we sort of really didn't talk in any detail amongst ourselves as to what happened at half time and what happened in that second half. As to, as to, I mean, the first forty five, I think it's fair to say was one of the best forty five minutes we've played at this level. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. I think we were, you know, to a man, the team were excellent. So, Nick, what was it in the second half that changed? Was it Tottenham or was it ourselves? Did we, did we lose momentum? What, what do you think it was? We kind of lost our mojo a bit, didn't we? It was definitely, definitely a game of two halves. I, I just don't know what it was. You, we, it, it just typifies the, the premiership. You have to take your bloody chances. And I think Tottenham knew they were lucky to go in at half-time. Not yeah. not losing, and I think that gave them a bit of uh, impetus to actually mm, come out would. and start the game afresh. Do you think um, the um, Do you think the penalty, the actual penalty miss? Because you do you hear you heard obviously you saw the cheer. Sometimes a, a penalty missed penalty sounds like the you know the, the opposition celebrating a goal. 
And you think that gave the the team and the, their fans a little bit of a lift, just you know, the late in that first half. I mean, we were still good yeah. after it. Don't get me wrong, but it was that that for me. That's a turning point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and you're talking about the cheer there. I was, I'm just having a look on Twitter. Josh Blackburn um, and Revive the Lane at Revive the Lane is how do you boys down at Palace get such a good atmosphere? We wish the lane was like the section you have at Selhurst and Crystal and Keith Woodward at Woody's on. Crystal Palace may be bottom of the table, but their fans are top of the league. Yeah, it, it did lift the atmosphere for them. And, and we've said a lot that, you know, the, I know it's an old cliche, but, but having the fans behind you is like a 12th man. And it, it's, it, so we, so it, we it couldn't beat them with 12 men. No, we couldn't. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this, um, this, uh, I, I need to just clarify something. This 100 grand a week thing is just a... Oh. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not saying we should go out. What I'm saying to you is we need... Listen, Jermaine Defoe, I thought, would have been a realistic target for us. Right, and he is now getting ninety thousand quid a week mm. in some pub league in Canada. Yeah, right. But as you know, as like a marquee we, player, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Exactly. But what I'm saying is, and uh, but they're the kind of players that we need to be not at the end of their careers, but you know, almost. Mm. That's what we're going to get. That's that's all we can attract, I think. And they're going to cost us a minute. Well, going to cost us ninety grand a week. Well, well, he, well, he would, and like I say, the the thing I was talking about earlier was potentially because their season doesn't start till what is it, May or uh, I don't know, March maybe. He's there till, like he's there till, I think he's there for another seven weeks. Yeah, I think he, he's trying to break the Premier League record as well, isn't he? I think he's only about seven off of it. Teddy Sheringham there, isn't he? Ninety-eight. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It's the sort of thing that if we could get him on loan for. Like for half a, half a season or something like that, that'd be an idea. I don't know how that will work out, but I know what you mean. I know what you're saying, Joel. But like, obviously, which is something we'll come back to, no doubt, um, over the course of the uh, the next few weeks as the transfer window hots up. I would say, Ben, you had something. Yeah, uh, just about the earlier point about Spurs and and you know the way the game kind of changed. I was I was watching it on a stream actually, and uh, Andy Gray at halftime said um, that. He said, apologies to Palace fans, but this game has got 1-0 Tottenham written all over it. You know, going in at half-time, but not taking our chances. When you play a team like Tottenham, you know, that, that are, are up there, you know, kind of near the top of the Premier League, you, you've got to say that when they get a chance, that is the difference between the two teams. They'll put it away and we'll have three or four and not put it away. And, and when you miss so many opportunities, you know, the punching chance was a few more, Balassi accidentally blocking the shot off on the line and, and things like that. When you don't score chances like that, you have to say, if Tottenham get a couple of couple of opportunities, mm. one of them is going to get tucked away and we're going to lose that game. Same yeah. as City, same as Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. But I just can't keep, keep bemoaning our luck. Got to do it. Do it. Put up or shut up. Yeah, no, it's, it's a fair point. And we, yeah, we, we know we know how it goes. We, like, we all do. We all know that we've said it for the last few weeks. Don't take our chances. We're going to get punished. It happened again. And I'm sure, I'm sure pretty much all of us at half-time are thinking that thinking that here, here we go again, typical Palace not, not taking advantage and we're going to lose um, te- because of it. But. Sorry, Texas Palace in the chat room. Nice to see some new faces in there. Uh, wholeradio.net slash chat. Said the team got tired in the second half and because of that they couldn't maintain a high pres- pres- uh, high tempo throughout. And Dweeb said, yeah, it's hardly surprising because it was us doing all the running in the first half, mm. which is, you know, I agree with. Yeah, yeah, but, oh, well, I don't know. It's, then yeah. you've got to think about fitness, haven't you? You have, and I don't... Again, that's another thing. I think we, we have, as a squad, I think Tony Pulis has mentioned the sort of fitness of the squad a few times. Um, but I don't think we've had... 
I wouldn't say a problem with that, but we certainly, for a while now, I think we've always performed better in one half of the game than another. You know, I, I don't know what that is about us. I don't think it's fitness related. It just seems to be. Um, I don't know. I just it just seems to be a certain the way the way we um way we operate at the moment. Um, I don't know. Look, cut look couple more things i don't want to sort of get dwell dwell yeah dwell too much on that you did mention atmosphere earlier on nick as some funny enough um me myself and uh, albert were on a um spurs podcast during the week and uh, they were talking a lot about the homestead fanatics and the atmosphere that we get at sellers and they were asking how the hell do we do it and all this sort of stuff and i pointed out to them that it because they've got something called the 1882 movement, which is their equivalent that they're trying to get going. They've been having various little problems and with the clubs and authorities, and they're starting to move it forward. And their whole question was, how do we do it? How do we get to the level you're at? And you know, obviously pointed out that I'm nothing to do with the HF or anything like that, and I don't actually. It's not the way I choose to support my club. But they did. They gave us all a voice by being loud. But I pointed it out that it's it's taken years. It's taken a long. Say, I was just going to say that it was. It was yeah. 20, then 30, 50, 100. Yeah. It's, ta- it's taken a dedicated group of people to put themselves through an awful lot of hassle, being chucked That's out so of the grounds and all that sort of stuff. And I, so said, yeah, I said to him, like, obviously, the, the, one of the things is that the premiership's dead, and you're not going to be able to change that overnight. And there's people who don't want that changed. You know, there's authorities in the game that want silent stadiums with people sitting on their hands and, you know, polite applause for... for goals but I'm I'm glad we're backing a trend and it's nice to see that opposition fans spot that I don't think we should sit here and you know take credit for it when things like that and talk about it ourselves I don't think that's the way it works I think you know we all our our joy is in going being able to go to a stadium that has an atmosphere I think we should just accept that and let other people talk about our our support but I hope that it it spreads I really do Um, but there we go Uh, I don't want to yeah again don't want to dwell too much on that, but I thought it was a point worth making because we had quite a long discussion on this uh, Spurs cod, uh, podcast. I need to Codpast. Don't know what that is. Um, talking of Albert, That's a flying he did, fish. It is. Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, talking of Albert, he uh, messaged, us, uh, messaged us earlier and said the penalty miss was shocking, but it masked the fact that we were a completely different team in that second half. Our shape went, our creativity went. The only consistent thing in both halves is that 99% of the crosses we attempted were Sunday league standard. All the more baffling why Bannon can't get a look in. Um, get a quick view on um, on Bannon from, from you, Nick. You'll do. Um, There's, go on. Go on, you were going to um, and say something else. I was going to say, well, he's obviously not been getting in the side too much of late um, or he's been being taken off quite early when Pulis came in first of all he stuck him out wide to get cross good quality delivery from the wide areas in and it was well I think it was kind of working so why is he dropped out of the squad but not yeah, squad the side he's fantastic at delivering the ball isn't he um, and I think myself I would play him but I'm not the manager uh, some people have said that he's too short for a Pulis team controversial mm. I know um, I don't know it's he, Maybe Pulis just doesn't fancy him, but it's it, it's really hard. But did he did he not bring him on because he wanted to start um, playing the long ball over the top and bypassing Bannon towards the end of the game? Mm, I don't know. Maybe don't know. it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I mean, obviously we got we got sent a rumor that, that we dismissed fairly quickly not too long ago that Pulis had told Bannon that he was a player who could look for another club, um, which would be a really shocking thing to happen in my view. Uh, but it does make you wonder a little bit. I mean, let's not 
get stuck in this whole thing of oh he's a short player so Pulis isn't going to pay him play him sorry because you know if they're good enough he will find a place for them in the team but I can't think that that Bannon's going to ever get a position in central midfield to start and it makes me wonder that Johnny Williams might suffer the same fate but um, it's it's a weird one I think he's our most creative player um, and he's been excellent for us yet he can't seem to get in the side it's it's very odd I'm I'm getting a bit slated in the chat room because um, we're they're saying. Um, we got lots of short players. Gail's short. Johnny Williams is short. So, um, Gail will get away with it up front, isn't he? So he'll get away with it. Yeah, this yeah. is true. This is true. Um, Bannon, is Bannon on big wages? Is that why police wants to swap him? Says South <sighs> It's a possibility, I suppose. He's an established Premier League player. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. I, it just seems a very, very odd situation. And, um, you don't think it's because of that reaction? He got taken off, didn't he, about three weeks ago, substituted. Yeah. And I think he had a real... He got the ump about it, Bannon. And, yeah. and he showed it publicly, I think. And... Uh, Sometimes you do get slapped down, like a teacher just standing, you can stand outside for the rest of the week, you know what I mean? Yeah, the worrying thing for me is I, I work with a Stoke fan and he was saying to me that you know, if any, any of your players upset Tony Pulis, don't ever expect them, don't expect them back in the side because he doesn't forgive. Um, yeah. Obviously Cameron Jerome seems to be an exception to that rule, but, but obviously they've had to have a little chat about that since their paths have now crossed again. But um, yeah, I, I, I do wonder, I really do. Um, but, I mean, personally, I want to see um, Bannon back in. Sorry, what was that, Joe? You see him staying, Cameron Jerome? Cameron Jerome? I, I, I don't know. Um, and, but the only problem, well, I do if we don't get anyone who can do what he does. And I don't mean miss. I mean... It'd be interesting to see how we do without him against the Stoke. Mm-hmm. I've YouTubed yeah. him, right? And why ain't he shooting from 30 yards for us? <laughs> every, time, every time a play, or a, we get a player and he sticks our shirt on, he don't do what he did at the previous club. Yeah, but that was like probably one of his only three goals that season, if that. Um, I, 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 looking, mate. He's a top corner merchant from first. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing is, I, think I said, talked about this last week. You obviously didn't listen. But, um, I did. He was... Um, no, no, you were, you, were, you were interacting with us. It was a joke. But um, he, he's one of those players that you know is better playing on instinct rather than playing when he has any time to think whatsoever. Because the longer he has to think, the, the you know the worse he's going to miss it. I think. So again, he had like a little snapshot in the game against Spurs, and you know straight at the keeper. But it was a good. It was on the run, and he just suddenly thought, "Oh, I'm going to hit this, hit it, and it was on target." But you, you go back to the previous week against Norwich when he had one essentially a tap in from an angle, and he's um, you know shot it vertically. So I, I I think he's a player who needs to play on instinct. Um, but basically, I don't think he's finishing over the course of the years. It's proven that his finishing isn't good enough at the top level. Um, and he'll, I can only see him hanging around and playing games if we can't get in anyone who can finish better and still run the line the way he does. Um, I'll just go to a couple of emails now. I'm very conscious of the time. We need to, uh, we need to go and talk to Dr. Unk in a minute um, about, uh, about the injury situation at Palace. Club doctor, Dr. Unk. Uh, but there's a few little bits and pieces I want to round up before we do that. Um, got an email in from Colin Fernley. He says, uh, while we had a great display in the first half against Spurs, and uh, not bad in the second half. We we did not pick up points. The fact that the opposition is perceived to be better than us is not an excuse for not scoring. So our minds, uh, to to my eyes, it was our lack of goal scoring ability, not their superior players, that stopped us from scoring. Must solve the problem uh, with what we have, or with new players, or we will continue to be on a knife edge for the rest of the season. 
And similar point from Jerry Cole, who says on one hand it's difficult for him to feel uh, Palace couldn't get a positive result at Spurs, and any point or three would have been a bonus. But missing a penalty and playing so well in the first half makes it much harder to accept the final result. Football is a results business, and no matter how much Palace supporters say how well we played, deserve to get a point. Uh, we are where we are at present because we haven't taken our chances regardless of our performance. Realistically, we have to beat the teams in in the zone around us. Um, whether we play well or otherwise, we have to win. If we don't sign some quality players, I hope for the best and try not to fear the worst. So the, the general theme remains the same. We need to take chances. We need to sign some quality to put those chances away that we are creating. Uh, and I do think we are creating a better quality of chance um, these days. Um, getting some interesting reaction in the chat room that I'm going to ignore um, <clears throat> I don't think I can read the um, oh well oh well who's, who's that noise coming from Gel Nick no oh, sir Nick. it was Nick I've, Nick has been terminated after making all kinds of crazy noises so we won't be hearing from him for the foreseeable future <laughs> possibly ever again <laughs> he's been exterminated more, he's been exterminated yeah I can't. I'm starting to read some forward reviews. I can't believe Lee Lewis's forward review. I'm definitely not going to read it. But the first two words are Sylvester Stallone. The second two words are um, interesting. Um, Anti Pierce says, uh, "That's Tony Pierce." Just uh, tired in second half. Neil Kite says, "Must take our chances." Chris Lansdowne says, "Spurs are gash." Fact. Uh, Keith Diamond oh, must must take your chances. All the same sort of stuff. Uh, Paul Edwardson, a bag of something. Uh, Liam Baxter, next game, three points, oh. which is a good way to look forward. Yeah, yeah poo, yeah. Uh, Duncan Smith, don't miss a penalty. Thanks for all of those and um, any that I didn't read out. Uh, apologies for that, but we are pushed for time because we've been rambling incoherently for quite a period. Um, I did want to talk about the refereeing. I won't say too much. I thought watching it the way I did, I didn't see a huge amount wrong, but those in particular, a lot of people on Twitter talking about um, being aggrieved that Spurs players were getting unpunished for similar fouls that Palace players were punished for. And it was very noticeable that Michael Oliver was happier to book Palace players than he was Spurs players. Uh, starting to get used to that kind of thing, but officiating is something that we've talked about in the past and we'll no doubt talk about again in the future. Um, I suppose the question that everyone's really asking in, in the contact we've had today is a question I wanted to, wanted to ask, really. And, I, and I'll start with you, Joe. I mean, we've had, we've had a, a frustrating game again because we've had these positives and we can all we can talk about so many positives a great first 45 minutes we've outplayed Tottenham you know for for quite a period at their own ground we've had a bit more possession we've created quality chances players have looked dangerous and uh, defence has looked solid but we're in we're in real danger of going down saying we deserve more aren't we yeah but it's the, it's the nature of the beast isn't it in Premier League if you don't take your chances you get punished mm. It's, it, it's just getting it's, it's getting a little bit too repetitive now. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not down to us, is it? It's down to us to, 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 to you know, if it was down to us, well, I'm sure that there'd probably be three or four players that would never play for Palace again on that <laughs> pitch yesterday. You know, mm. and then you get other people going, oh, what if you know X is the greatest player ever? And you know, if he was, mm. you know, you've got to <laughs> take your chances. You got to take your chances, mate. You just, you know. It's, it's, it's why it's the greatest league in the world, and we flirted with it four times. And we don't, if we don't uh, have a little bit of, you know, you need a little bit of luck as well, Chris. That's what yeah, yeah. That's I tell right. you one one thing that sums that up absolutely perfectly, in my view, um, is the um, <laughs> just sorry, just notice Nick reappeared again. 
treated us to a load of static. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> and then went again. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, cheers, mate. Um, <laughs> no, I think what sums up the luck for me was the chance. I think Chamak had the chance, and it was cleared off the line effectively by Yannick Bellassi. Just couldn't get out of the way in time. Um, and those sort of things sum it up for me. I mean, Chamak had a really good game, in my view. I think even in the, in the second half, even though he faded perhaps a little bit. But his link-up play and... Your old header was taken out by Jedi, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, there you go. It's another one. Yeah, Jedi and that guy. It just shows you that, like you say, it's not just about taking chances. It's also about getting that tiny little bit of luck. Um, and, well, what can you say? If your own players are blocking shots on the line, it's, it is just bad luck because you know they're not, they're not aiming to be there. But um, there you go. Um, we, were, we were close to getting something against Tottenham. I think the overall message is um, frustrating not to get anything, but look, we go on we go on to play Stoke at home, and that game that game we'll, we'll talk about in a moment. But that's a real key uh, key game to try and get three points and get us back on track. Um, first off, we're going to have a before we talk about the lineup we could like to see against Stoke. We're going to have a quick check if uh, Doctor Unker's got any news from us uh, regarding injuries. Unk. Good evening, my friends. I am Dr. Onk, and I am here today with a quick injury upgrade from the Palace squad. Since my appointment, the department is running with ruthless efficiency. We now have most of the team fit. Jack Hunt is still rehabilitating, but is not too far away from being able to fully train. Get... Excuse me for one moment. Helga! Helga! Kannst du eine Fenster aufmachen? Sorry, I got out of form and I had to ask my wife to open a window. My wife Helga has joined me in England and has brought us some Kerpel with her. Kerpel Unk. This makes me very happy. <laughs> That's the last straw. Anyway, Glenjamin Murray is now taking part in light contact sessions as he aims to return in the month of February and not before. Kakish, Kakid, the South African midfield player missed the Spurs game after struggling on his return to the side last week. It is expected he will be in contention for the Stoke match. That is all. Auf Wiedersehen! That's the first time I've heard that intro and outro as well. That's, um, that's made me laugh quite a lot. Oh dear, try and get some sort of composure. So thanks for the uh, news there, Doctor. He's a real doctor, genuine, genuine real person, honestly. <clears throat> so um, uh, just before we talk about the Stoke match, Ben, you had some tweets regarding the Barry Bannon discussion I want to quickly come back to. Yes, I did. I asked on Twitter um, just a question, you know, why is he not playing and, and if we think Williams will, will suffer the same sort of fate. And we've got a few few tweets in. Uh, Palace tweet uh, said, really hope Bannon stays. We'll be absolutely gutted if he left such a creative player. Don't think Williams needs to worry, though. Uh, Aidan Tullock sorry, said, it's really hard because we've got so many players, but Ward goes forward and tracks back. Kelly Mason has said, maybe he's too short because I can't think why. Obviously, he plays punching over him. Mm. And Linda Laker said, um, Bannon has been great, baffled why he doesn't play, and I will not be impressed if he goes. Yeah, can't really disagree with any of those. It, it, it's yeah, certainly my opinion that um, he's a player who should she be featuring. Burn her bra. Who? <laughs> I said, is she going to burn her bra? You talking about? You talking about Kelly again? You've got anyone? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. I just yeah, he's got he's got a feature really. I mean, it's nice. Like I said, it's nice that 
Johnny Williams does seem to feature in most games in some form, but um, just don't like to see a really creative player who can make a difference in Barry Bannon being on the bench. There must be some sort of issue there, I guess, but um, we'll see. Uh, ben. Hello. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, no, not doing too bad. I'm doing a radio show at the moment. Oh, are you? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah what are you up to? Uh, well, I just on Twitter, just looking at some tweets and stuff. Yeah, did you scroll your timeline at all? Oh, yeah, I've been doing that quite a lot, yeah. Um, anyway, what I wanted to talk to you about is that right. um, you've done a preview for the Stoke sort of thing. Oh, I have, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're going to mention that probably the, the loan agreement is that Cameron Jerome won't play. You're going to mention oh, yeah. All right, yeah. I'll let you do that then. Well, I've just I've just clicked on... on uh, the Word document on my computer, so I'm just going to start reading that now. <laughs> okay. And uh, this is the stuff that I've got written on that page. <laughs> they uh, they they played Liverpool today. They lost uh, 5-3, but they did score three, so they're not doing too badly. They're top scorers. Uh, joint on six are Charlie Adam and Peter Crouch. Peter Crouch, one of those players that, that well, one of the many players that's been linked with us, but whether that will happen is another story. Kenwin Jones just behind him on five, and then Osama Asaidi's got four, and he's been their standout player really. He's on loan from Liverpool, uh, plays out on the wing, and he's, he's really impressed in that position. Um, he, well, they've said he probably won't stay, but yeah, he's one to, one to watch out for next week. Uh, they're 12th in the league. Uh, it's obviously a new style of football under Mark Hughes. They're just adapting to it, really, after, after Pulis left. Um, and it should be an interesting game. I mean, Palace fans seem to be pretty optimistic. Uh, Stoke haven't won for four games. They lost to Liverpool, Tottenham and Norwich, and they drew with Everton. But in fairness, and, you know, they're very, very tough games, and they are having a good season. Those, Chris, are my notes. That's fantastic. Um, what do you think uh, in terms of scoreline for ourselves? I'm pretty confident as well. I'm, uh, <coughs> that, that, you know, Palace fans, we, we've kind of looked at the next three games that we've got at home, and all of them are very much winnable. You know, Stoke are typically a team that are difficult to beat, although more more at home than away. I think you know, bringing them back to Palace, the way that we've been playing, you know, we've seen positives, especially from the first half at Tottenham. And if we can take those into the game. I'm I'm pretty confident that we'll come away with a win, and it's much needed. You know, it, I don't know how, but but we are obviously bottom of the table as as we speak now. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's difficult. It's a must win, really, as as are all the games when we're down the bottom. But yeah, I think I think we'll get three points, maybe a, a one nil win. One nil. Mm. Joe. Uh, I'm, <laughs> you know what? I want to pick my biggest scoreline. I'm going to say three one win. Three one win. Yes. Um, okay. I, I mean, obviously they, they got. I wouldn't say. I'm about to say they got hammered today, but in five three, I think you know. Obviously they've scored three goals against. They've pulled done well there. Um, you can't imagine a Tony Pulis side losing five three, can you? Yeah. But um, I think that. I mean, that factor having him as our, obviously as our manager, he'll know quite a lot of the players there. Some you know, fair amounts, fair amounts changed, but. Um, I think we've possibly got an advantage there in that the Hughes doesn't have. In the, you know, he's had nothing to do with our club, and I think obviously the last time we played, we were under Ian Holloway, and we were very unlucky to get nothing out of that game. It was uh, Chamak's first goal for the club, and we looked quite comfortable in that first half. But it was another situation where a team, pretty much like the Spurs game, they team played really. Uh, our team played well. They played badly first half, and then it all switched around in the second. And I, I mean, I hope we don't get that. But I think at home, I think at home we're stronger, and we, no, it's, we've got to, we've got to expect to win there. I think anything less is is going to be a disappointment because we're starting to get to a point now where, you know, just a point at home. It's yeah, we have to a point at home. Point of point of many any home games of the teams around us. 
It's just not acceptable anymore. If we, if we want to stay in this division, I'm not saying it's not acceptable, you know, for the team that we've got or the talent we have. You know, arguably it is, but you know, if we want to stay in this league, we've got to start winning games, and it's got to start on Saturday. Um, and I think it will. I think I think it'll be a close game. I think I'm going to go with a two-one scoreline. I think we probably might struggle in a, in spells of that game. Um, I did notice, I didn't read out what Mikey has called the three-word idiot of the week in our four-word reviews, which was Mark oh, Austin. What? Sorry, Mark, saying uh, new, it's a new striker needed, but I think someone's added the word is there to make it uh, to make it four words, but there you go. Hmm. Uh, what else have I not? You said go on all of a sudden like you were cheering on a horse, Gel. Did you? Hmm, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've I, got, I, I um, think it's going to be massive. Yeah. massive physical battle but again from what I saw today small players pace bashes them up every time yeah I think Gale is it's Gale's game I think he's, he's, he's to win on against them I really do yeah well in terms of the, the lineup I want I mean it's one of those it, as we said no Cameron Jerome so he's almost forced into that change and weirdly enough I think the last time we were forced into a change with Chimat going out of the side ended up with um, the player we've just been talking about Barry Bannon playing in behind Jerome but it's a different I can see something similar to that happening I think people saying that Gale's going to going to start we might end up seeing uh, Chimak move up front and someone like Williams or Bannon coming in behind coming in behind Chimak can, can I just add something about Bannon I'll tell you what Bannon does give us over uh, over Punchin, over Williams, uh, just over players of, of, of his similar ilk and, and positioning, is that he gives us a goal-scoring threat. Mm. Uh, you know, as his, his goal against Hull, and it, you know, he's at the post, and he he does seem to be in or amongst it when the going gets tough. You know, he doesn't shrink away, he doesn't fade fade away from games. Mm. And I've, you know, no, no matter what's gone on for for some, you know, for whatever reason. Um, you know, it would it, be good if we can get him back because I think we, like you said, we're, we're a lot better balanced and a lot, a lot more threatening with him in the side. And I think he will be, you know, a, a definitely better against them, the big lumpy players that they've got. Yeah, yeah, I, no, I totally agree, mate. And I, and for me, I always say this: I, you can never have too many players that are comfortable on the ball. Um, and he's one of those that you can give him the ball in pretty much any situation marked by three people he'll still want that ball and he'll still get get it under control and play it on it, it it's a really simple thing and you know back in the days where we were lurking around in the division below and, and struggling and stuff it, i think it would see michael hughes come in and do that and change the basically change the entire team yeah. uh, just by being someone you can give the ball to it was just it was fantastic um so I just noticed every now and then I keep getting this horrible hiss that Nick's come I mean, back. Nick comes back. But, <laughs> Nick's come back. But he's gone. But the hiss has remained, which is really frustrating for me. Anyway, um, look, we'll, we'll, yeah, let's not let's not sort of uh, go on too much longer. Uh, obviously, we've we've pretty much we've had a look at that, that situation with Stoke. We all know it's a must-win game, and um, and I'm pretty sure well we're all confident of a win. So let's hope it works out that way. Um, that's it. That's it for today. Um, Thank you for uh, for talking to us <laughs> and listening to us. <laughs> um, 
obviously we, you can download uh, download any of our podcasts from holradio.net or from iTunes. Um, thanks to every single one of you who got in touch today. You can always get in touch with us off air. You can email radio at homesdale.net and it may help shape next week's show. Uh, those of you that are podcast only listeners, why not join us live next week? You can interact directly with us. Um, and at various times, and you, you will be rewarded in some way, like the competition we did this week, which went to Jack Maddox. Congratulations, Jack. Uh, we're back le- live next Sunday at 8pm with myself, Joel, Ben and Stuart. And it's our three-year birthday, so send us cakes or something. E-cakes. Anyway. Yeah, send in cakes. <laughs> so we're back uh, on, on holradio.net. Goodbye. Barry Bannon. Barry Bannon. Homesdale Radio is brought to you in association with CompleteSigns.co.uk for all your sign-based needs. To receive a genuine 10% discount, mention you are listening to Homesdale Radio and get in touch today. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.